The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Although you might not know this, age-related disease and health decline can start in our 60s, our 50s, our 40s, even our 30s. What you don't know can harm you. But with the right knowledge about your health and your body, these age-related issues can be prevented or even reversed. You'll get that knowledge today on Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. Dr. Bogard and her guests will answer your questions about your health. We want you to age gracefully. Now, here is Dr. Denise Bogard. Good morning. This morning, we're going to talk about reducing cognitive decline and aging. Um, what I want to do is, again, build on every program that I've talked about in balancing and optimizing your health throughout uh, each system, looking at both cardiovascular, hormones, thyroid, adrenal, inflammation, etc., and optimizing every system. As you can see, one builds on the other. So today, we're going to specifically talk about how we can slow cognitive decline and promote healthy and happy aging. Today, I've asked my husband, Paul, to join me as we discuss how we can implement interventions to reduce cognitive decline. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Dr. Denise. Very happy to join you and your audience today on this new year, 2017. I'm very happy to learn more about the, how my brain power seems to not be what it once was when I was younger. Is this normal? Yes, it is. We're going to talk about baby boomers, which both Paul and I are baby boomers. So the risk of cognitive decline increases substantially with age. The aging American demographic commonly referred to as the baby boomers, and those are people that are born between 1946 and 1964 represent 20% of the population, of the U.S. population. They're the largest cohort in American history and started turning 65 in 2001. Intelligence, learning, and memory are three key cognitive domains that normally change as we age and have implications for maintaining independence and quality of life. Most people experience measurable cognitive loss by age 60, with widespread declines by age 75. Cognitive decline is one of the most feared consequences of aging. This problem presents as decline in one or more cognitive abilities, 
These are mental processing, learning, intuition, judgment, language, language, and memory. Cognitive decline diagnosis range from mild cognitive impairment, which we'll call MCI, to severe forms of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, a common form of dementia. Older adults experiencing MCI, mild cognitive decline, mild cognitive impairment exhibit memory, language, or other cognitive deficits noticeable by others, but not severe enough to interfere with daily life or meet the criteria for dementia. The development of dementia is greater in older adults diagnosed with MCI. Those diagnosed with dementia exhibit decline from a previously higher level of cognitive function in more than one of the four cognitive domains, recent memory, language, visual, spatial ability, or executive function. Alzheimer's disease is the common type of dementia and is currently the fifth leading cause of death among adults 65 or older. Over the past decade, research has focused on determining why some healthy agers have preserved cognitive function. The goal is to develop and test interventions to maintain cognitive abilities of aging adults. That sounds like it could be a benefit for everyone in society. That's right, Paul. As this population ages, risk for cognitive decline threaten independence and quality of life for older adults. Cognitive decline is the source of much worry, not only to the patient, but to family, friends, and coworkers. Not to mention how cognitive decline in an older population can pre pre present challenges to our healthcare system. Can you tell us, doctor, more about what can be done? Brain health. Programs developed by aging interest groups, such as the AARP, the American Association of Retired Persons, and the Alzheimer's Association, provide directives for nutrition, physical, and cognitive activities, and other lifestyle modifications to enhance older adults' cognition and memory. Computer training, memory tapes, and computer games are also marketed to the lay public with claims of enhancing cognition. Assuming that use it or lose it applies to cognition, cognitive, as well as physical health. And of course, consultation and treatment by a physician trained in anti-aging and regeneration, regenerative medicine is very important. I would agree, doctor. What, what do you advise patients on ways they can optimize their cognitive abilities as they grow older? Well, quite a bit, Paul. 
So before we get to interventions, however, I think it would be helpful to give our listeners a little more background. The National Institute of Health, the NIH, including experts from aging, mental health, and neurological diseases, and Stroke Institute, several years ago identified a need for research on healthy brain aging to include demographic, social, and biological determinants of cognitive and emotional health in older adults. The panel called for research in four key areas with promise for improving cognitive aging. These included cognitive activity, physical activity, social engagement, and nutrition. I would like to discuss today the scientific research, focusing on research findings that examine relationships between lifestyle and activity factors and cognition and aging. We will then discuss very targeted interventions to improve cognition. We will be focusing on cognitive activity, physical activity, social engagement, and nutrition. Well then, what are the cognitive activity factors uh, associated with this cognitive decline? Back in 1998, researchers established the psychological and physiological benefits of education on cognition in aging individuals. However, it is true that persons with cognitively stimulating occupations maintain higher cognitive functioning with aging. Use of cognitive abilities can minimize effects of low educational level. And for all educational levels, cognitive inactivity has been associated with reduced performance on cognitive measures. For example, chess and bridge are leisure activities that demand working memory and reasoning skills. Aging adults who play bridge score higher on working memory and reasoning measures compared to non-players. Similarly, working crossword puzzles has also been associated with maintaining cognition in older adults. And you said there are also physical activity factors? Many studies have investigated benefits of physical exercise in aging, including potential cognitive benefits. Physical activity enhances cognition as cardiovascular fitness increases cerebral blood flow, that is brain blood flow, and oxygen delivery to the brain, increasing neuron formation and maintaining brain volume. One study investigated women over 65 who were physically and cognitively healthy. Participants reported the number of blocks they walked at baseline. Those who walked more 
adjusted for health, medication, and lifestyle factors were significantly less likely to de demonstrate cognitive declines six years later. The nurse's health study provides additional evidence that physical activity reduces risk for cognitive decline. Computed energy expenditures for reported activities of 70 to 81-year-olds were compared with cognitive measures over time. Those reporting the highest level of physical activity had a 20% risk reduction for cognitive decline in dementia. Another study of 1,000 older adults in rural communities reported on self-reported exercise and cognitive score changes over two years. The highest exercise group had a 40% decrease for significant declines in cognitive test scores. Even the least frequent and strenuous level of exercise exhibited some protective effects on cognition in this study. Doctor, you also mentioned social engagement factors. What are those? Researchers have demonstrated that social support and engagement in social activities affect cognition in aging. In fact, it has been determined that social involvement and productive activities lower mortality outcomes as much as physical exercise. For example, over 2,000 community-dwelling older adults reported their social, fitness, and productive activities. Elders with higher social activity had lower mortality after 13 years. And those with fewer social ties were also at increased risk for cognitive decline after controlling for all other factors. <coughs> Excuse me. Still, another analysis found that actual involvement with one's social network not just having an available network protected against cognitive decline. This study of 350 older adults examined relationships between social network characteristics, that is network size, contact frequency, and emotional support received in relation to changes in global cognition over 12 years. Actual engagement and receipt of emotional support, not just the availability of a social support, provided the most protective effects on cognition. And regular volunteer work was also associated with improved cognitive performance. Many scientific studies have determined that social integration, family ties, and engagement with family and community were all associated with maintaining cognitive function in healthy aging of adults. This social integration 
reflected by participation in community activities was protective of cognitive abilities as participants aged. Well, that's very interesting and helpful, doctor. How about the nutritional factors? What are those? Nutrition has been identified as a critical factor in successful cognitive aging, as well as in abnormal cognitive decline, including dementia. And the research supports this? Supplements such as antioxidants. Again, when we talked about the um, process of aging and free radicals being produced during aging, the antioxidants neutralize the free radicals. Again, certain vitamins, especially vitamin uh, the B vitamins help fats. So the omega-3 fatty acids, you want an adequate level. And I actually measure in my practice the omega-3 index. And certain minerals, especially zinc, selenium, iodine, manganese, and uh, magnesium are very important. These are prescribed for chronic conditions such as hypertension, hyperlipidemia, diabetes, and they've also been shown to have beneficial effects on cognitive aging. Elevated inflammation and vascular disease markers such as homocysteine are also implicated in abnormal cognitive decline and dementia. Vitamin B6, B12, and folate, and this is in the methylated form, if you've got a genetic mutation, reduce the homocysteine. Diets featuring polyunsaturated fats and omega-3 fatty acids are also associated with maintained cognition in older adults, while trans fats and saturated fats are associated with cognitive decline. Antioxidants such as vitamin C and E that limit vascular inflammation are also known to reduce cognitive decline. When we come back, we'll continue talking about cognitive decline and some of the nutritional implications. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to bogardhealth at gmail.com. And now, back to Healthy Aging. Good morning. This morning we're talking about cognitive decline and preventing cognitive decline in healthy aging. We were talking about the factors that improve it, such as uh, staying physically active, doing things to keep your brain active, and also being engaged socially. And now we're talking about the nutritional aspects of healthy aging. Um, And I was talking about various supplements that are important in optimizing your brain function. How about blood sugar, doctor? I've heard you talk about that. that that's tested quite often in your practice. And does that <clears throat> affect uh, cognition as we age? Yes, Paul, it does. I, in fact, had a whole lecture on diabetes. And there is a phenomenon called type 3 diabetes. What we see when you've got type 2 diabetes and your blood sugar persistently stays elevated, it does increase your risk of Alzheimer's. The brain needs that healthy balance between glucose and insulin. And uh, without that, you certainly are at much more risk for cognitive decline as well as cardiovascular disease and inflammation, along with the diabetes. Thank you, doctor. I think I understand. I've heard that the overall correlational research supports the association of cognitive and physical activity. You've described that I should be more involved in social engagement and have balanced nutrition. Um, Are there some more specific interventions that you can talk to us about? Based on the correlational research, interventions to promote cognitive performance has been developed. These are cognitive, physical, social, and nutritional interventions. 
on cognitive aging. And please tell me a little bit more about the cognitive interventions. Targeted cognitive interventions are becoming popular, especially memory training interventions. Memory training classes have demonstrated that elders, like young adults, can improve their performance on cognitive tasks, including perceptual discrimination, visual search, recognition, recall, and spatial perception. Memory training for healthy older adults typically teaches mnemonic strategies, concentration and attention, relaxation, and problem solving. This has been tested in older adults and retirement residents. The results improved memory performance and efficacy beliefs were reported post-intervention. For example, the Seattle Longitudinal Study identified older adults with existing declines and provided a brief five-hour training program. Two-thirds of participants demonstrated improvement with 40% returning to a baseline level obtained 14 years earlier. Ongoing effects continued up to seven years after training. These findings provide support for the positive impact of cognitive interventions on daily lives of older adults. And physical interventions? I am aware of numerous clinical trials examining the importance of fitness intervention on cognition of older adults. Depending upon the type of exercise intervention, the duration of training sessions, the length of involvement in cardiopulmonary improvement, global cognitive improvements were noted in all the groups. You and I discussed in an earlier radio show the benefits of various targeted physical exercise interventions, including improved cognition. I encourage my my listeners to browse my lecture archives for this and other detailed discussions of anti-aging topics. That's right. I remember that lecture and the link between testosterone and cognition as well. Is bioidentical hormone therapy another type of physical intervention that you recommend for cognitive maintenance? Absolutely, Paul. <clears throat> I, when I talk to my women about um, the benefits of bioidentical hormones, I explain that women that age without estrogen increase the risk of Alzheimer's, cardiovascular disease, and osteoporosis. Estrogen protects your brain, your heart, and your bones, as well as your blood vessels. Women and men need a balance of estrogen and testosterone and progesterone and DHEA and pregnenolone in their blood and body. What we do is measure and balance each one of these hormones. Men have a predominance of testosterone 
and a small amount of estrogen. Women have a predominance of estrogen and a small amount of testosterone. Both of these hormones are important in regulating and preventing Alzheimer's in both men and women. So you can see there are some incredible beneficial effects from from participating and deciding to uh, use the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy in as part of your regimen for healthy aging. And how about gut health and the microbiome? I know that you and I often uh, take probiotics. Couldn't interventions to promote a healthy, healthy microbiome have some link to and be uh, cognition and be considered a physical intervention? Yes, evidence of a direct link between gastrointestinal function and the brain is increasing. Before you describe this link, doctor, um, could you tell me a little bit more about what is the microbiome? So I'll encourage you also to look back at my uh, presentation on inflammation, which is really related to GI health. But the gastrointestinal tract is sterile in utero, but is rapidly colonized at birth, primarily via maternal contact. The number and diversity of bacteria increases throughout early childhood, and it is estimated that by adulthood, the colon contains trillions of bacteria per gram of colonic content. This highly organized and complex ecosystem known as the intestinal microbiome plays a critical role in imprinting the immune system and maintaining normal gut physiology. It is now clear that the intestinal microbiome influences function well beyond the gut. It has been implicated in a variety of diseases, including obesity, diabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, autoimmune disease, autism, multiple sclerosis, which is an autoimmune disease, cardiovascular disease, and numerous other diseases. The notion that the intestinal microbiome influences brain function is based on the long-standing observation that orally administered antibiotics improve the decline in cognitive function in patients with specific conditions. Isn't there research supporting these conclusions between the connection of the microbiome and cognitive conditions? Yes, the first demonstration of a causal link between the intestinal microbiome and brain function was in my studies in 2004. This was followed by several studies showing changes in behavioral and brain chemistry in germ-free mice. Germ-free mice demonstrate a risk-taking or anxiolytic behavioral profile that is corrected by early colonization with SPF bacteria. Together, these findings indicate that the presence of commensal bacteria in the gut is critical for normal brain function. 
and raise the possibility that bacteria may influence brain plasticity later in life. Upon completion of the postnatal colonization and expansion of the intestinal microbiome, the microbial composition of the gut remains generally stable under normal conditions with transient variations induced by diet and antimicrobial drugs. However, animal studies reveal that a mild shift in the microbial composition of the gut induced by diet or antimicrobials is sufficient to cause changes in brain function, brain chemistry and function. Confirmation of the microbial influence on the brain was obtained by showing that brain chemistry and behavioral phenotype could be adoptably transferred across mouse strains via the intestinal microbiome. Dietary changes were used to demonstrate the effect of the microbiome on cognitive function. Mice fed a diet consisting of 50% lean ground beef enriched chow at a significantly more diverse microbiome than mice fed a standard rodent chow and exhibited improved performance in a whole board open field test. These results indicate that diet-induced changes in the intestinal microbiome improve learning and memory in mice. In another study, mice deficient in healthy gut bacteria that were placed on a Western-style diet exhibited anxiety-like behavior and impaired memory. And these changes were prevented by treatment with the probiotic bacterium, a species of the lactobacillus. The effects of probiotic bacteria in these animal studies imply a role for the microbiome gut brain axis. That's amazing, doctor, that bacteria in my intestine effect can affect my brain. Are there human studies that support this? Strong objective evidence of a linkage between gut bacteria and brain function was recently provided in 2013. The researchers demonstrated that brain activity and connectivity in healthy women following an emotive task could be attenuated by administering a four-week course of a fermented milk beverage containing several probiotic bacterial strains. Does the microbiome change uh, <clears throat> as we age? There is a growing interest in the role of the intestinal microbiome in the fragility and vulnerabilities associated with the aging process. Several studies have now shown that whereas the microbial composition of the gut changes with age, this is not a linear process. Marked changes appear later than originally expected, and longevity, as reflected by centenarians, 
appear to be associated with a markedly different microbiome. There is agreement that microbial diversity is reduced in elderly people. There is a trend as we age towards a more prominent presence of potentially pathogenic bacteria at the expense of beneficial bacteria. There's an age-related reduction in short-chain fatty acid production, and the fatty acid butyrate is particularly important in this regard in view of its critical role in the maintenance of colon integrity and inflammation. The changes in microbial composition and metabolism are consistent with the concept of inflame aging, which implicates low-grade inflammation as a common basis for a broad spectrum of age-related pathologies, including cognitive decline. To pull into this, uh, many patients are actually put on acid blockers, uh, drugs such as omeprazole, which is Prilosec, and Nexium. This decrease in the acid actually potentiates the growth of pathogenic bacteria and decreases the growth of commensal good bacteria. Whereas most studies have involved healthy elderly populations, a recent study from Ireland segregated subjects into those living in the community and those institutionalized for short or long terms. A reduction In the frequency of genes encoding short-chain fatty acid production was prominent among the institutionalized elderly people, as was increases in circulating inflammatory cytokines. So as you can see, significant correlations were found between microbiome profiles and indices of frailty and poor health among long-term institutionalized elderly people. Changes in dietary composition and diversity were considered the main drivers of the shift in microbiome structure and activity. But again, as we look at several medications can affect this also. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about cognitive function. Thank you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to bogardhealth at gmail.com. And now, back to Healthy Aging. Good morning. (laughs) We'll wrap up the last part of this show. Uh, summarizing our uh, findings in cognitive function. As I stated before, inflammation is now considered a prime suspect in promoting cognitive decline. Not only in the context of normal aging, but also in neurological disorders and sporadic Alzheimer's disease. A 2012 study proposed a central role for activated microglia in promoting neuroinflammation, and it is possible that activation of brain microglia is primed by the intestinal microbiome. As has been shown with multiple sclerosis, which which exhibits a similar neuroinflammatory profile, these findings taken in conjunction with the association between age-related changes in the intestinal microbiome and low-grade inflammation demonstrate the now certain connection between the microbiome in humans with declining cognitive function. My patients are regularly advised to begin dietary interventions to promote a strong and healthy microbiome and a careful assessment of both cognitive and gut health. I give a lot of resources and a lot of teaching on ways to improve and heal your gut. I talk to patients about a phenomena called leaky gut, where the cells in your body are actually separated. And our goal is to heal those spaces and pull the, the cells in your stomach and small intestine back together so that they're tight and they have tight links, not leaking bacteria, toxins, and poisons into your bloodstream. As you heal those gastrointestinal cells, um, you improve your function of your GI tract and from that decrease inflammation. 
it's really interesting how it all pulls together. Yes, that is very interesting, Doctor. We, we spoke also of social interventions. Is there evidence supporting the benefits of targeted social interventions on cognitive maintenance? Yes, a program with experience cores was implicated and tested on a cognitive protective intervention in a randomized clinical trial. Older adults were asked to work with elementary school students in supportive interactive roles for 15 hours weekly over the school year. Physical activity, strength, reported social networks and cognitive activities significantly increased in these elders. This program supports the now proven theory that active involvement with society and engagement in meaningful activities are critical to healthy aging. Thank you, Doctor. To summarize for our listeners, the overall medical research supports the association of cognitive and physical activity, social engagement, and balanced nutrition with maintained cognitive performance as we age. Doctor, this reminds me of the six dimensions of wellness. Those are occupational, social, intellectual, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Is there research that also supports a correlation between the six dimensions of wellness and cognition as we age? Yes, I am aware of research that examined the effect of wellness in each of the six dimensions on cognition in older adults. Wellness in one or more of the six dimensions has been shown to protect cognition in aging. The cognitive protective effects may increase when wellness in more than one dimension is demonstrated. And high wellness in one dimension may protect cognition by compensating for low wellness in another dimension. The interconnectedness of each dimension signifies the importance of evaluating patients holistically. Wellness through the lifespan, throughout the lifespan, may result in improved cognition and aging. Paul, I know you have studied the six dimensions of wellness. Why don't you tell our listeners about it? I'd be happy to, doctor. Thank you. The National Wellness Institute offers a definition and framework to examine wellness. Wellness is a multidimensional and holistic state of being that is conscious, self-directed, and constantly evolving to achieve one's full potential. Wellness is an ever-changing process that encompasses these six dimensions, occupational, social, intellectual, physical, emotional, and spiritual. The six dimensions of wellness interconnect with one another to represent a person. Wellness aligns with holism philosophy. Doctors cannot understand a patient's wellness without assessing the whole patient in multiple dimensions. The six-dimensional model provides a framework to examine how wellness may contribute to cognition and prevent decline as people age. That's correct. In applying current research to the six-dimensional model also provides evidence that wellness may protect against cognitive decline as adults age. I'll let you explain further on each wellness dimension. 
Thank you. Well, let's start with occupational wellness. Occupational wellness is reflected in the contribution of unique skills and talents to personally meaningful and rewarding work expressed through paid or unpaid activities that benefit the well-being of the community. Next is social wellness. Social wellness reflects positive personal and community relationships built on mutual respect, cooperation, and interdependence. Social wellness is reflected in effective communication and a healthy environment. Positive personal relationships demonstrating cohabitation and sustained marriage have been shown to protect cognition in aging. And social networks also protect against cognitive impairment in older age. Next is intellectual wellness. Intellectual wellness reflects a commitment to lifelong learning through self-directed behavior that promotes continuous acquisition and creative application of new skills and abilities. Intellectually stimulating activities such as computer games, crossword puzzles, and reading may reduce the risk of cognitive impairment for people with fewer years of formal education. We've discussed physical wellness. Physical wellness reflects investing in self-care, regular participation in physical activity, and recognition of the relationship between healthy nutrition and physical body functioning. And as we have seen, research proves that physical activity throughout various stages of life delays the onset of cognitive impairment. Also, we've seen that physical wellness includes healthy eating. Many studies have um, <clears throat> demonstrated the correlation between healthy eating habits and mild cognitive impairment. Healthy foods include fruits, vegetables, legumes, cereals, and fish. Detrimental foods include meat, dairy, heavy alcohol, and saturated fat consumption. Emotional wellness. Emotional wellness reflects a positive approach to life. Emotional wellness, wellness is the ability to manage and accept feelings and behavior. Emotional wellness is reflected through taking responsibility to manage one's life in personally fulfilling ways and recognizing limitations and seeking support when necessary. Emotionally well people form interdependent relationships built on mutual trust, respect, and commitment. They accept challenges, take risks, and acknowledge conflict as a part of growth. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about neuroticism. It's a personality type that reflects emotional instability, negative emotions, depressed symptoms, and anxiety. One study looked at the relationship between higher levels of emotional distress and the risk of cognitive impairment in older age. This 12-year longitudinal cohort study included a sample of 1,256 older adults. Participants with dementia or mild cognitive impairment at baseline were excluded. The participants completed an average of six evaluations that included 19 cognitive tests. The results were amazing. They indicate that adults with high neuroticism or emotional distress were 42% more likely to develop impaired cognition than adults with low neuroticism. And finally, I talk about spiritual wellness. Spiritual wellness reflects the ability to rise above and go beyond oneself to find meaning and purpose in life. 
People possessing spiritual wellness accept the unknown in life and find harmony with social and physical forces from outside. They can formulate a personal value system that gives unity, purpose, and goals for their hopes, thoughts, and actions. Research has also demonstrated a correlation between spiritual wellness and and, uh, and, uh, cognitive decline and in, in aging. One 2010 study examined this relationship, and during the seven-year follow-up, adults who developed Alzheimer's disease were older and had less purpose in life. An older adult with a high purpose in life, however, was approximately 2.4 times more likely to remain free of Alzheimer's disease compared with a person with a low score. An older adult with high purpose in life was 1.5 times more likely to remain free of mild cognitive impairment compared with a person with a low score. Older adults with greater purpose in life maintain cognition compared to those with a low purpose in life, and they decline less rapidly. So the overall conclusions in wellness, on the, on the wellness studies. <clears throat> well, they are that one or more dimensions of wellness may protect cognition and aging. Wellness in one dimension may enhance wellness in other dimensions. Wellness in two or more dimensions may protect cognition more than wellness in one dimension. And wellness in one dimension may compensate wellness lacking in another dimension. Examining cognition, as we have been discussing, supports my vision to intentionally promote wellness and prevent disease. The interconnectedness of each dimension of wellness illustrates the significance in evaluating patients holistically, individually, promoting wellness in one or more dimensions may be an effective strategy to prevent cognitive impairment and protect cognition in aging adults. Well, thank you for letting me join you today. Um, What are your final thoughts? Working with healthy aging patients in a variety of settings, and I actually start a lot of my patients are between the ages of 40 and 70. As you can see, health declines at a, st- at a steady progression. So the whole goal is to stop that decline or improve that decline, and it starts earlier rather than later. Working with aging patients, <clears throat> I incorporate the knowledge of the beneficial effects of cognitive activity, physical exercise, social involvement, and nutrition into health promotion. Aging patients reporting cognitive decline are encouraged to undergo thorough testing, testing that distinguishes normal versus pathological changes. Enable me to provide reassurance to most patients they are experiencing changes as a normal part of the aging process. I hope that my reassurance will alleviate undue anxiety, depression, and social isolation due to fear that others will notice the cognitive decline. 
again, I go way beyond balancing the physical effects of a good diet. And uh, so good nutrition, physical activity, and participation in other activities. I pull it all together. I do whatever I can to heal the gut, balance the thyroid, balance the hormones, balance the cardiovascular system, and optimize every system possible. Um, Doing this will give you the best and most optimal chance of aging gracefully and remaining productive well into your later years. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, and thank you, Paul, for joining us this morning. Thank you for joining us this week for Healthy Aging. Be sure to join your host, Dr. Denise Bogard, again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon.